When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. We acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognise their continuing connection to land, waters and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Welcome to This Song Is Yours, a music podcast where we chat to a new guest each week, talk about their life and creative endeavours, and talk to them about some of the music they love. Our show works by chatting to our guests about music, but also getting them to make you a playlist of the songs they love. You can find the link to our playlist in the show notes. Welcome to episode 14. I'm your host, Simon Fink. Our guests today are Sydney pop duo Kat and Kamel. After releasing their debut single, Dumb Shit, last year, the girls have returned with the incredible follow-up, Dramatic. In today's show, we talk about how the girls met, boomers being complacent on climate change, and the power of nostalgia in music. Here we go. Our guests today met in an after-school program and have now been writing as a pop duo for the last two years. They've come from very different performative backgrounds, but have a shared love of Avril Lavigne. Please welcome to This Song Is Yours, Kat and Kamel. Hi. That's good, guys. <laughs> Hi, ladies. How are we today? I'm really good. I woke up for Fantastic. the That's good. That's good. Congratulations uh, are in order for your second single, Dramatic, which was released last last week, week before. Woo! March. <laughs> it's uh, the second <laughs> single from you guys, and it's already a, uh, a another pop banger. It does have a little bit of a darker subtext, though, from what I understand. Are you guys able to explain to the listeners, uh, I guess, what that is and also just confirm, is it a little bit of a, um, pardon my French, uh, fuck you to the boomer generation and their climate policies? (laughs) Um, Very much so. Yeah, no, that's very much the case. Um, We wrote it with Housky and we were doing like a really late night session. And whenever we do late night sessions, it just ends up being us talking for hours about whatever's going on. And at the time we were talking about um, Greta Thunberg and everything she was doing. And then how, for example, like people like Donald Trump and other people in high positions of power reacted to her taking climate change so seriously and calling her a child and telling her to go back to school or like do children things. And we were just really frustrated by that. And I think a lot of people our age and around our age can relate because it's just like we're the ones that are going to have to deal with the consequences of things like the climate crisis and it's our generation that are going to be affected the most and you know the lyric says like they won't be around when all this when all the shit goes down so yeah it's kind of basically what we wrote the song about but (laughs) 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 Um, a lot more of pop music these days is having more serious discussions and, and dealing with political issues. They're, um, they're not so much protest songs, but um, songs that might have like a more layered meanings or multiple meanings. Do you think it's important that younger acts are still writing, um, I guess, what, yeah, what essentially is protest music or, or music that is rebelling against the establishment? 
Mm. I guess we thought it was important just because a lot of our listeners and our audience and our fans are the younger generation. And I think it could be hard to sort of because it's very confronting with all the news and everything. So I guess it's sort of our way of like spreading the word sort of lightheartedly to connect with the audience so they can like get a better understanding without feeling too scared or too nervous about, about it. I know like as a young person, like I guess I connect with um, all the stuff that's going around through music and through art. And I think it's a lot more easier to like, understand I guess um I definitely think it's important that's what we're trying to do with our music and that's what we're trying to do with like our narrative through our music videos as well um yeah and we hope that like our audience can feel that as well yeah of course definitely um I did want to talk about the music video for dramatic um it is uh it's a great video but I do want to talk about what the the gentleman I'm going to call Thumbface or Dr. Thumbface (laughs) Did you guys come up with the treatment for the video or how did that video come about? Um, yeah, we did. We were like right here on this bed of mine and we, (laughs) we were just like spitballing all these different ideas and we were voice recording and being like, okay, so it starts with me. I'm on the bed. (laughs) Let's get this video together. And then I just couldn't write fast enough, like, because we were just throwing ideas and she was like, voice record, voice record. So we're like, okay, so this is going to be this guy and we're going to be there and then you're going to die. I'm going to drag you through this. And it's like, like, it was just, it was so chaotic, but we ended up getting Yeah. All of our videos come together, but some face was actually, I feel so bad for the guy. Cause like, he was actually so sweet and I'm like, I'm so sorry that your face is going to be erased out of the music. I don't want to like explain too much of like what's happening in our, the Cat and Kamala universe and like what we want the music video to be. We want like everyone to take away from it, whatever they see in it. But I think the, the thumb face guy for us, I love that he's called thumb face now. That's awesome. I know. Um, it. it was I think it was more just like alluding to the fact that a lot of the, a lot of the time um, people who make the big decisions or like the things that influence our world and have the most impact is almost like this faceless entity like there's not one person you can pinpoint for like you cause this you cause that a lot of time it's like big corporations and things like that who don't necessarily have a person or a face to them and it's just kind of like this ominous being that's like causing all these different things in the world and we don't even know who to point at or who to blame type thing. Yeah. With, uh, I guess you just said that you kind of, you came up with the song and then you were already kind of writing the treatment for that. Do you guys find that as a creative process, you're, um, across everything from the get go, like the song, the video, the artwork, it all kind of comes as one. Honestly, like, me and Kat get, re- sorry, Kat and I get really ahead of ourselves. Um, she always pulls me up on that. <laughs> um, <laughs> there was like, a little point that. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, as soon as we sort of get an idea of the song or we finish the song at that session, we're already planning outfits, planning concepts. We just get really excited. Um, but I guess that helps sort of motivate us to finish the song and get it out because like we, we love all our songs um, and we want them to be ready and we want them to be great when they come out. Um, 
But yeah, this came to us sort of quickly, but we just had so many ideas where it was just a bit overwhelming. So we had to sit down with the director, Louis Brand, and just sort of throw around ideas and make it a strong narrative so it was clear to the audience as well, not just too much like, oh, and this is going to be a metaphor for this. Like we still want it to be clear for the viewers and for them to understand and interpret it however they want. Um, so I would say like, Every single time we write a song, we're like, okay, this is going to be the music video and then you're going to die here and I'm going to die here. It's like, it's just it's kind of fun. <laughs> it feels like we're creating a movie and we, that's just, that's always been our process. And I think that's how we're going to keep doing our, um, our art. Cause that's just what works for us. I think that's good. I think it's both a combination of creative control, but also you get to, um, I guess, live out or do some of the crazy things that you get to imagine, which is awesome as well. Yeah, we had a really great team that like understood our vision and really supported it. And like Louis gave some great ideas as well. And it just, it couldn't have gone any better. Like it went really well. Yeah, I really enjoy screaming and just being super dramatic. There was times when like, like Pumpface, he was also in different scenes and also other doctors. And there was a part where I was supposed to scream. And like the guy who was supposed to like do this to me when I started screaming would flinch every time because I would ca- catch him so off guard when I started screaming. The first time we did it, he was like, and then Louis's like, dude, you can't do that. You just gotta, you know, she's gonna scream. It's just like, don't flinch. <laughs> That's the best thing I've ever met in my life. Like, it was believable because this was thing. It was, it was wild. Like, she would literally everyone on the set, like she'd scream and everyone's just like, flinch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, guys, guys, let's be professional here. <laughs> That's good. Keeping everyone on their toes, making sure they're doing what they're meant to be doing. It's good. <laughs> the song itself is like a mix of, there's a little bit of like indie guitar almost. And then some um, like the beats behind it. When you guys are writing music, I guess what comes first, is it the lyrical content or is it more of just like a melody idea? I think go girl, go girl. I think when we write most of the time, we'll, we really like to like just chat with our producers and just like talk with them because we feel like having like more of an established relationship and being comfortable with each other makes it easier to write. So a lot of the times we'll just talk about what's going on in our lives, what's going on in the world type thing. And then we'll be like, okay, I think, you know, this is kind of what we want to write about today or like this kind of a vibe. Sometimes Kalan and I are really on, on like a punk, a pop punk kind of energy and other times we're like I want to be sad so it just depends how we're really feeling that day and we'll talk to the producer about it Kamal and I will decide on like a lyrical direction and then we'll give the producer some references in terms of like how we want it to be musically and then we kind of just like have like a bass sort of either it's a guitar or a piano or a beat type thing and then we're like and then we'll just write over the top of that and then come together and then just build it kind of happens almost simultaneously but yeah it's just feeding off of each other and the producer as well yeah of course um when researching the band but also very evident in our conversation so far today you guys are quite in sync with one another um the band has only been around for two years is that correct correct yes cool but but you've known each other for a lot longer than that um i'd like to go back to when you first met and uh story man it's a great story (laughs) Um, you you met at a performing (laughs) art school or an after-school program. Is that, is is that right? Yes. Was it friendship at first sight or did it, um, I guess, did it take a bit of time, a bit of sizing each other up, you know? It's so funny. Every time we talk about it, like we have very different views of, um, 
our initial friendship. Um, I met her and she like, had this like American accent and it was so crazy and she looked so cool and she had long hair and great eyebrows. And I was so like infatuated by her. I was like, this is crazy. Like she's like stunning. Right. But back then I was really annoying and like my friendliness came across as bitchiness. So, um, I was like so in love with Kat and she was just like, who the hell is this bitch? And like, um, but we went to LA, I think it was a year after we met. Um, we did like a few classes getting ready for LA. Like we were like pretty tired, but it wasn't really anything. We went to LA and then uh, I, I hate telling the story cause it sounds so gross, but like we were in the bathroom together in this like huge house and I was TMI, I was pooping and she was sitting on the floor of the bathroom and we were just cracking up so hard over nothing to the point of tears. And I was like, you know what, this girl, this girl's something else. I like this girl. So, we like literally both had an asthma attack and we were just like, you know what? Asthma <laughs> sisters, bathroom sisters, this is I actually like this yeah. girl now. And then we started doing like YouTube videos together. It was just so stupid. Like we didn't really think of anything of it. Um, and then it was like two years ago where we wrote dumb shit. Um, we didn't really think anything of it. Like we weren't expecting to, you know, like sign to a label or do all of this stuff. We wrote dumb shit. We were like, I think like this could actually be something because we've always done music together, but we've never actually written a song together. Um, or at least completed a song together. So I think that was like the moment that switched up everything for us. And we were like, okay, I think we should actually like give this a go. Um, and then we did lots of writing that year, lots of singles coming out soon of what we wrote in that time as well. Um, and then after that, we've just been writing together, um, creating like these stories and trying to like, trying to like make our music and our videos like come to life and like, I don't know. It, everything's so much easier when you're making stuff with your best friend. So this experience has just been so, love you girl. <laughs> so easy and so nice. I think like us both growing up, it just seemed like this is, would be such a scary experience, but I think doing it with your best friend, it's just made everything so fun. So everything's been great. <laughs> That's very cool. That's very cool. I feel like I'm um, nothing solidifies a friendship like a shared bathroom experience asthma attack something like that yeah um you both something like that yeah something like that um you both had very different musical backgrounds before you met up to my understanding uh kamel uh, you had a history in musical theater is that right Yes, I did do musical theater and all that jazz, literally. Um, <laughs> I started off dancing before I started singing. So I've been dancing since I was three. So I've always been like super just dr dramatic and theatrical. So my mom put me in like dancing, musical theater, like all of this stuff. Definitely like supported my like character development in my, in my adult years. Um, but after I like started maturing I was like this isn't really what I want to do but I, I mean it's helped with my writing and my mu my musical ability I guess but um yeah it was so random such a weird time I was just going to ask do you uh, have you found that anything has been able to like be transferred across like any skills that you've kind of gone that can help in terms of um being like a in a pop duo or a pop star 
I guess it's helped with my people skills a little bit. And like, I'm not as shy, like when it comes to, well, I am shy, but like, I, I guess when it comes to like performing and stuff, I'm very confident and like I've been doing perform, like I've been performing since I was like a little kid. So it's, it's nothing so like crazy to me. Um, but Kat and I have yet to perform together. So this is going to be completely different because I'm so used to doing cartwheels all over the stage. Like this is going to be so different. (laughs) I mean, I still could do that, but, um, yeah, spice it up. Hey, (laughs) spice it up. Mm. Yeah. Kat, you yourself had a, a different background to Camilla as well. You were performing, to my understanding, and please correct me if I'm wrong, you were performing uh, in China up until you were a teenager and then still performing there intermittently while still living in Australia. What was that experience like compared to, I guess, to, to Kamel's? Um, It was pretty crazy and I wasn't, like, I've always loved the attention and I loved just, like, lip-syncing songs, just, like, pestering my family and just, getting all the attention I can. And I really enjoyed that. And, but I never thought that it could be a genuine career option for me. And I got into doing TV shows in China by accident because I did like a modeling competition that I was too old for that. I was going with my sister and I was helping her sign up and the lady was like, why don't you do it as well? And I'm like, I'm over the age. And she's like, we'll lie about it. And I was like, cool. <laughs> did that. And then the talent section, I had to like, I just played the guitar and sang Kelly Clarkson oh, wow. because of you. Classic. Classic. Um, classic. And there was a director in the crowd for um, like a Chinese TV show. And she ended up contacting my mom and being like, Hey, does she want to do this? And I was like, Oh my God. Okay. And it was a traumatizing experience. I like got out the first round and like bawled my eyes out for half an hour afterwards. And I was like, that was terrible. I want to do it again. And that's kind of how it started. And just from that, I got all these different opportunities in China and I was doing TV shows and performing and it was really cool. And then I moved back to Australia and I was doing high school. So I couldn't fully commit to like being in China for long periods of time, but I would fly back and forth and yeah, I was just doing that. And at the after school program met Kamel and all this stuff kind of just happened. And yeah, I've always been really lucky because it's what I wanted to do, but I feel like I never was like, gosh, where can I find an opportunity? And I've always just been really blessed in that sense when I just like stumbled into all the stuff that I'm doing now. And yeah, it's been awesome. That's um, yeah, that's very cool. Um, the band does have quite a mixed bag of influences. Who out of uh, out of the two of you who usually brings new music into uh, into the fold or into the group? I guess it's I would say because usually like yeah when we are driving to sessions or meetings like we we always like well we don't fight over the ox cap mainly gets the the ox um, but we we share like our music taste and then when we're on the way to the south session we show each other like what we've been into recently um, so I think we've like used that to like share our input in our sessions I don't think it's been only one of us I think like we bring different tastes like I guess mine would be more like lo-fi indie influences cats would be more like punk uh, emo yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, yeah, I guess that's like like our different tastes. Like I'm more like 2000s, I guess, and Cats is just so like dark and sexy and emo. <laughs> I'm Tumblr in like 2013, 14. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like Cat and I work really well together, and like we never seem to butt heads. Like in sessions, like we're we're just constantly on the same page. 
so it's so lit. <laughs> Even if we listen to different kinds of music, like we know each other's stuff, we both really like whatever we're showing each other. And I'm like, that's dope. And I'll like save it to my playlist. And then I'll hear Kamal play songs that I played. And I'm just like, yeah. Has, is there anything or any song that has uh, at any point divided you guys in terms of, no, I will not listen no. to. Cut. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection. Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. No. No. I, feel like I, there, I don't think there's one song where I was like, I hate that, turn that off. But sometimes Kamal listens to like really intense music and she gets really into it, especially if she's driving like hooligan hefts. She will put that on and just like go absolutely hard. And I'm just being the, the, like, the last song that happened, you know that song, Hey Baby? It was like, Hey, hey, baby. Ooh, uh, I was screaming that in the car. We were on the motorway and Kat was like, Come on, turn this off. I'm like, Yeah. There's, I guess it's something <laughs> where my eclectic taste can uh, get in the way. But in terms of like writing music <laughs> and like our influences with that, we're always on the same page. But I think our different tastes in terms of just list purely, strictly just listening to, I think we can. It works. It gels. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you guys, I know you mentioned live, uh, doing a live gig before. Um, obviously with COVID, a little bit difficult. Um, but you guys did release the bedroom sessions at uh, the end of last year, started yeah. this year, which were fantastic. Um, yeah. It's always... As a very quick side note, it's always really cool to see like pop acts play their own instruments as well during those. So it was very impressive. You guys playing yeah. bass, singing, guitar, everything. Thank you so much. And the monkey as well, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are you guys looking forward to putting together a bit of a live show for when you can get out there and, and do it? God, don't even get me started. Like we've talked about it since like we started writing music te- together, but it's just a little bit unfortunate that like as soon as we start making music, like this whole thing happened, then we release music, and usually by this time, like we want to like start meeting like our fans and our listeners and start to like network with them and like be able to perform live. But I guess that's what the bedroom session was all about. Like we've never really done anything like that, especially something so raw. Like I think Pat and I both are like perfectionists so we want everything to be perfect so I guess like us releasing that was like really strange um and especially for me like I only just started picking up the bass so I just wanted to I don't know put myself out there and like just try something new but I think us doing that bedroom session really like pushed us towards um 
like perfecting our live sets and like pulling together like a band that we can work with and um that would like still look cool you know um but we're so excited and hopefully by the middle or end of next year we can start performing but we're so excited we really want to do it it looked like you guys were having fun in that which i think is also uh very handy as well um with uh, a tour usually comes some form of release and i know you said you guys have continued to write since dumb shit can we expect an ep or an album some point this year Yes, sir. We definitely putting out an EP, and this year we don't know the exact dates yet. Um, but yeah, we have had it ready for so long. Actually, we've had like all the songs mixed and mastered for like well over six months, probably longer. Um, but it's just really awesome that we've got it ready, and we've also just been writing new stuff, and we can't wait to like put out the next single and then like the EP, and then have new stuff that we've been working on come out as well. But there certainly is an EP you can look forward to. Yes. <laughs> awesome. That's fantastic. <laughs> um, you guys have already garnered some international acclaim, which is great for, for such a, like a fresh band. You've been played already on BBC one uh, and your management is the, the same as Diplo's in the U S what's the experience like in only having two singles out, but um, yeah, already kicking goals in both Australia and overseas. It's so surreal. It's like really, yeah, it's really cool, but it's also like I feel it's almost like I don't believe that it's happening because like especially with our management as well, we love them and we like text them, zoom them all the time, but we haven't even met them in person yet because of COVID. So it's like almost like this fictitious thing that exists and we don't even like because we just never met them in real life. But yeah, it's just been really cool. And even just seeing like on Spotify, you know, the artist things, you can see like which regions your music is played in your top countries. And I'm just like seeing countries that I didn't even think would care. Like dumb shit has like a French audience. Like a lot of French people listen to it. Like, why? I love that, but why? Um, and it's just, yeah, it's really cool. Especially in a time like this when we're feeling really isolated and we can't tour or travel or leave the country to see that like our music at least mm. is still getting out there. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, of course. I think, um, uh, who was it? Um, Mark, the Mark from your label shared the other day. Um, I think dumb shit was like the most played song in Bulgaria or in, where was it in a really like, uh, yeah, it was, um, it was actually dramatic. Oh, sorry. I don't remember. Yeah, and they posted it and they tagged me, and I was like, I can't read what that says. And so I like, I'm like, someone please translate. And then Mark was like, this is the most played song on the like CMFN, like one of their radio stations. And I was like, that's so awesome. That's like very cool. Can't wait to go there. <laughs> Ladies, are you happy to talk about the playlist that you sent through? Yes. One thing I wanted to talk about before we got to the the picks themselves, excuse me, uh, was the art of a playlist. Now, um, as you mentioned earlier, you both have um, YouTube channels and uh, there is a healthy following on on both of them where you guys have made playlist videos. I think that some have got over 100,000 views. For yourselves, what does make a good playlist? I feel like... I'm actually not good at making playlists because I don't have like a theme or like 
oh, this is a playlist for when I'm driving at 3 a.m. or this is a playlist for overthrowing the government or this is a playlist. Like, it's just like random stuff that I like at the time and I put together. I think, I don't know, what makes me too many playlists. And they're so specific. Yeah. Like, so specific. And I just get lost in them, but I've got so many. I will never share with them because they're like, I doubt like anyone will just like relate to some of them. Like they're just so weird. Um, but it's like, I can't just have one playlist because it's like, I, I do have one specifically for like a driving sad one. I've got one to like shower in, dance in. Um, she has a twilight playlist that you can't put on or it will absolutely I've devastate only her. I've twilight playlist twice in my life and both with very... <laughs> very awful <laughs> awful experiences they only say for very special occasions very special i was gonna say why do you have that if, it, if it's uh, so affecting <laughs> but fair enough i need it ready for the right moment like mm-hmm. I th- oh no i had it for two different occasions one for something really sad and i was just crying the car listening to it. i was just blasting it and then anyway and then the second time was like for something so beautiful right something so beautiful and emotional and I was dancing and crying and it was amazing so I'm like I guess it's quite versatile but I wouldn't wish that upon anyone that listened to that playlist (laughs) especially for your twilights it can be very sacred very fair look uh, we won't push that then we'll let that (laughs) very powerful playlist uh, be Um, there's quite a bit of uh, nostalgia in the plays that you guys sent through. There's some Avril Lavigne, some Nikki Webster, a bit of Fergie. Um, you guys would have only been quite young when these songs come out. What do these songs mean to you now? Or like how did you come across them and, and fall in love with them? Well, for me, like the playlist I sent, I bet was so random. Um, I think the first half was genuinely like my childhood or like when I first started with music, like I put Ben Michael Jackson there. That was one of the first songs I sung when I was a kid. Um, and these songs are like this, they are so nostalgic to me, but like they make me feel so weird when I listen to them. Cause I'd always sing them in competitions, but I'd never win a competition. Like I'd always lose with these songs. So I sort of have a love hate relationship with them because it takes me back to my childhood, but I'm like, Oh, not a good memory. Um, but I do have like some Fergie in there, Nikki Webster. Um, they're all just like nostalgic. And then all the latest songs are all these like punk rock songs that I listen to now. And it's just very, very different. Um, but I have, like, all of those songs are in different playlists from when I want to feel like a six-year-old again and when I want to feel like a bad bitch. Like, <laughs> they're all still very relevant to me. No, that's very fair. I can appreciate that. Um, <laughs> there's a bit of uh, indie as well on here with uh, Vampire Weekend in 1975, possibly later down the road, maybe third or fourth record. Can you guys see yourselves doing a little bit more of a uh, guitar-driven uh, record or project? Definitely. Very much so. I think we've been writing is what we're trying to just because all of our songs that we've written are very different from each other. And I think that's something that like is also very important to us. We don't want to be labeled with any sort of genre or any sort of like particular style with music. Um, So we have a lot of like pop tracks coming out soon. And then I think later down the track, we've got some cool, like pop punk, nostalgic 2000s, like teen angst type songs, which are really excited about. And all the songs we're releasing, we absolutely love them. And I guess when we wrote them was like in a specific time in our lives and career. So there's all of them are so like important to us and show like our growth and what we're feeling at the time. And that's like super important to us. Yeah, of course. 
there's one song I want to single out. Um, it's been quite a popular song choice on uh, this podcast and a few um, other acts have picked it. And I think I don't want to single anyone out, but I think I know who might've picked this song. Cat. Yeah. Um, what is it about Phoebe Bridges? I know the end that you love. <laughs> I knew you would put Phoebe Bridges on your plate when I started. I was like, mm-hmm. there is something like, I think I started listening to Phoebe Bridges in 2018. And I was just like, and at that time I hadn't really been listening to much um, indie music or like more indie folky, like just like chill music. I was still very much into like R and B and pop and like that sort of stuff. And then I started listening to Phoebe Bridges and I was just like, I think it was her lyricism that really, drew me in initially because I was just like this is like so simple but so genius and I'm the kind of person that whenever I hear a song I listen immediately to the lyrics because I just like stories and I like listening to what someone else has to say and yeah I just started listening to her and then when Punisher came out and I heard I Know the End I was like when she showed me that song for the first time I was so devastated I was like we were driving on the M8 in Sydney the new M8 and it's got like rainbow lights and it was like nighttime. and it was I was like this is the perfect moment I was like I need to show you something Puts, I put on I know the end blast it as the windows down and then Camille's just like goosebumps good like it's just such a cinematic song but it's one of those songs that usually when I love a song I will play it to death with this song I was like I'm not going to listen to this. Very much like Kamel's Twilight playlist. I'm like, I will not listen to this unless I'm like specifically very much in the mood and moment for it because it's so special to me. Also, side note, Phoebe Bridgers followed me on TikTok. Sick. That's awesome. That's kind of No, this is like, I'll never top that. That's my peak. I also just like don't know why she did because all I post on TikTok are like thirst traps and dance videos. Like it's very much nothing. It's like no content whatsoever. And I'm like, this must have been a slip up and it must have been a mistake, but I will take it. No, like, and that'd be the run with it. <laughs> that's actually, um, that's awesome. It's like pack up shop, just kind of. I know, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> the highlight of my career. So. <laughs> Is there uh, any other songs you guys would like to talk about or highlight on the playlist? Possibly the, um, the two Avril songs. I don't know. I feel like I wanted to put so many Avril Lavigne songs on there because Avril Lavigne is like my childhood. Like she was probably the first CD that I owned. It was an Avril Lavigne CD. And I put When You're Gone because I think that was like the first time me as like an eight-year-old or something, maybe 10. I don't know how old I was, very young. And I saw When You're Gone, listened to When You're Gone and watched the music video. And that was my first time experiencing like heartbreak like genuine heartbreak. I would ball watching that music video and listening to that song. I had never been in love, right? But I was like, this is so upsetting. I just, ah. And I'm like crying, eight-year-old. But it was just like, I don't know, quite a formative journey, moment in my musical journey. So, yeah. <laughs> I haven't listened to that song in a long time and I don't plan on it. <laughs> That's very fair. I think both of you picked an Avril song. There's a bit of Avril love on this playlist, so that's good. Nothing wrong with that. (laughs) Um, Kat and Kamal, thank you very much uh, for being on the podcast today. We do appreciate your time. And, um, yes, obviously wish you all the best with Dramatic and the EP later this year. Thank you for having us. Of course. This is great. (laughs) Thank you, guys. Cheers. Thank you. Bye. 
And that's our show. Thank you again to Kat and Kamel. Their singles Dramatic and Dumb Shit are out now. Hopefully, we'll see an EP out later this year. We've included a link to the bedroom sessions on YouTube, along with their Spotify, in the show notes. We also want to give a quick shout out to Kaylee from Bossy Music for helping out with today's interview. You can find a link to our Spotify playlist in the show notes, where you'll be able to listen to all of Kat and Kamel's picks. If you like this show, please subscribe wherever you get your pods and stay up to date when new episodes are released. We release new shows each Thursday morning, with guest playlists streaming on Spotify at the same time. You can follow the playlist profile on Spotify, and you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Until next week, cheers. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.